0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Dean of Cannabis Law Radio hosted by Attorney Bruce Margolin. Are you busted? Do you have legal questions? Are you a cannabis business and you're trying to figure out your licensing? You can find out information in person and purchase his services 1-800-420-LAWS. This entire show it's free with as much information as we can get to you, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you about Bruce Margolin here. Since 1967, Bruce Margolin has represented his clients in all types of criminal matters. He has also successfully defended more marijuana cases than any other attorney in the country. Bruce is now pleased to also be able to help his clients obtain cannabis business licenses and stay out of trouble. Mr. Margolin has served as chairman for the Ethics Committee for the NACDL, National Association for Criminal Defense Lawyers. He was awarded the Certificate of Appreciation from the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, as well as received honors for his work on behalf of Constitution Rights Foundation. Since 1973, he has been director of the Los Angeles Normal Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, Normal, and an advisor for Proposition 215. Californians for Compassionate Use served as legal counsel for Jack Harris' California Hemp Initiative. As a candidate for governor of California in 2003 and U.S. Congress in 2012, he has helped establish the credibility of marijuana legalization policies. Mr. Margolin has helped with Los Angeles and California for over 50 years, being the largest lawyer that has helped the most cases and the most people in the world. I would like to bring to you, to the microphone, Mr. Bruce Margolin from the Law Offices of Bruce Margolin. Thank you, Bruce. Please take it away.
0: Well, thank you so much for that kind introduction, and I appreciate your enthusiasm when you said all those nice things about me, which um, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I'm do it. I'm down for the, this program because I, I'm down for people to stay out of trouble because of... Uh, The best way to stay out of trouble is to know the laws and know your rights. And that's what I'm down for, people knowing that. That's one of the reasons that I have been in practice is to basically do my service to people to keep them out of trouble. And also, um, we'll talk further about my uh, my career and about my guide that I'm offering to people to understand the laws. Thank you for the opportunity to you and to the audience that's out there. Uh, Let's see if I can answer questions for you and help you stay out of trouble. Thank you. So, what do, you, what do you want to talk about tonight?
1: Yes, Today. Bruce. Um, as, as your co-host, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jason Isaac Huff-Brodsky, uh, helping with the Alice B. Toklas Network the, uh, with Roots in the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative, and what we are trying to do is figure out what's going on, on with the AUMA Proposition 64 that was put in by a lot of money from the Pfizer chemical industry and I don't know, even possible Soros funding. I don't know what all the strings and everything, but a lot of money went to get this provision into the faces of Californians to think this is a pure legalization scheme. This is not a pure legalization scheme. And Bruce has taken meticulous time to take apart Proposition 64 to find the legal I, I don't want to use the word loopholes, but just the way to get through Proposition 64, the things happening with it, the, the issues, the way you can actually grow six plants. Um, can you do a group of 200 people growing six plants each being some of the questions I'll building up to? And I'd like to give it back to you, Bruce, to uh, speak about Proposition 64. Thank you.
0: Okay, now I don't know about your conclusions of being supported by some other company or whatever it was. Who knows? Uh, But, you know, I'm not happy with POP64. I wasn't happy with it in the first place. But again, it was taking... You can't throw out, you know, the baby with the bathwater in the sense that it did call for legalization. And I think this is going to be the beginning of the fall of these laws once and for all, you know, completely. But I'm not giving up. Uh, With POP64 in place... Uh, that I wrote recently, I just did a, a, a article for uh, MG Magazine this last week, and I'll give you my view of, of what I told them. And that's basically, a, I said, I'm going to read it to you, so I can just say you know what it says. But you know, it's not a good situation. It feels almost like a like a, a noose around you know, our necks in a sense. Now, understand that I am been helping people getting licenses. I'm down to do that because I want to see them stay out of trouble. And I'm down to uh, continue to uh, represent people that are still getting in trouble, unfortunately. But much lesser now, but it's going to come up worse later on. Let me tell you what I wrote in this article. Maybe this could uh, be an idea of where I'm coming from, okay? Uh, Basically, it's a synopsis in uh, what's called MG Magazine. It says, Bruce Margolin has some concerns. My concern is the cost of obtaining licenses under California Proposition 64 is out of the financial reach of the vast majority of people. And the process is so complicated that the unlawful, unlicensed activities will continue. Incarceration will again be on the rise, but law enforcement begins to, in earnest, this coming year to ostensibly protect licensed businesses from unlicensed competitors, and that's going to mean people are going to get busted again, and I'm not going to like that. So um, this is my stand. And matter of fact, we could talk about Jack Carreras initiative. Things I liked about it, and of course, one thing I liked about it, I think he had the that um, the cost of licensing was fifty dollars. You recall that, and that? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it was something very minuscule. I, I even want to say it was ten or twenty dollars, the exact number. But he was not into shaking people upside down by their ankles to get all their marijuana money out of them.
0: Well, that's, that's, it's all about the money, honey. That's what it came down to. They figured out, wow, we want a piece of this action, and now they're, they're all getting on board. They have you know, money signs in their eyes. On the other hand, I still believe in the herb. It's sacredness, and I know the people that are involved with it that I've seen from Humboldt to San Diego, the ones that are the growers and the, and the people in the industry, most of them, the vast majority believe in the sacredness of this plant, understand its its its, it's importance to mankind, and I think are down for the cause of making sure we get good product, and it's, it's something they can be proud of. So it's just what I've been experiencing. Thank goodness, because I was concerned when we had legalization that the culture would fall apart, because you know who's going to walk around with a marijuana leaf like a you know like a like a uh, liquor bottle on your, on your chest. It just isn't the right thing, you know. But we know the plant is sacred. But let's go back to this. Prop 64, I'll talk to you about that in one moment. But I'll, I'll be right back to you because there's noise in the background. I want to get that off the screen so you won't have to hear it. Hold on, please.
1: All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Dean of Cannabis Law Radio, hosted by Bruce Margolin, attorney working 50 years to help you figure out how to get through this sea. C- of illegality is what they want to call. If you want to smoke the sacred herb, if you want to find your meditative practices, if you just want to recreate and chill and just roll up your fatty blunt and do what you want to do, how are we going to get through that when the man wants to hold us down? Here he is. Sorry about
0: that guys. Okay. So let's get back to it. Talk to me like you're out there asking questions so I can answer. All right.
1: Yeah. All right. So with uh, proposition 64, if I'm just at home, and I grow six, they say I can grow six plants, but in order to grow six plants, I have to have a whole bunch of seedlings and... It's
0: a bunch of bullshit. Six plants is a big pain in the ass. You already can do it indoor. So that's for openers. You've got to have lights and fans. And, I mean, it's ridiculous. No one's going to keep themselves in the stash with six plants. Now, it provides you can have six plants, six live plants. That means you've got ones that are dead. That don't count, I guess. That's very generous of them. And you can have eight grams of hash. And whatever you grow in the six plants, you can keep in your home. Beyond the one ounce, it's legalized. So would that would be also legalized. It is legalized. Now, you, that, there's no there's no rules about how you're going to prove that you grew that herb there. On the other hand, uh, I remember Chris Conrad is a very well-known person in this industry who does a lot of uh, testimony in courts for us. He suggests you keep those root balls, you know, to make sure you can say, this is what I grew here, so there won't be any issues about it. But nevertheless, who's going to go through in this city, going to put together a whole grow operation for six frigging plants, and what are they going to get out of it, really? It's all a bunch of bullshit as far as I'm
1: concerned. Well, could, I, uh, could I interject? Remember yeah. when the, the medical was going around, and each person could have their, uh, <clears throat> I'll say, 99 plants or their 10 by 10, and so growers would go around and collect, recommendations from five to ten people and then they'd be able to grow their garden exponentially and i'm wondering if people can grow six plants but grandma can't grow six plants she wants her grandson who's also growing six plants and also for grandpa i think it's i
0: think it's i think it's, it's, I think it's limited to six plants per household it's another part of the problem okay per residence it really sucks right oh wow yeah, that's my understanding of it at the moment. Now, let me say about these laws. Like all laws in criminal law and every other passage of the practice of law is this. You either get legislation that's done by, this, by the legislators, you know, the, the senators and the assemblymen in the states, okay, or the U.S. Congress, and then or you get laws that are put together by initiative or the Constitution, okay? The Constitution, initiatives, and legislation. Those are how make up the laws. Let's assume, like we do here with POP64, an initiative comes out and it has XYZ in it. This is the law. Well, when you apply those laws to the facts, you never know how they're going to turn out until the Court of Appeals decides whether that person was properly convicted or not. Then they reverse the case or don't reverse the case upon their view of whether or not the court followed the law in the way that protects the patient or the defendant. Now, that may be very complicated, what I just said, but I'm trying to give you an overview of how the system works. And particularly when it comes to this, we had SB 420, for example, when they created the initiative by way of a Senate bill, but I'm sorry, it was not an initiative. It was a a Senate bill, 64, that provided for those six plants, eight ounces of bud, and that uh, the shake didn't count. And that became legal. In California. Now, you talked about this 99 plant recommendation business. Again, I warned other people that 99 plant recommendation for the doctor is not a trump card. You still have to prove in court the quantity was consistent for your medical needs. And that means the doctor's got to be game to come to court and testify on your behalf to tell why he thinks, under his professional experiences and, and uh, studies, why 99 plants are necessary. And I'll tell you, it might be a problem. So don't just count on 99 plant recommendations. Now, beyond that, I'm trying to answer your question because anything you ask me about the law is complicated. Okay, by and particularly at this time of time, which time is it's very complicated. We have layers of laws that exist uh, together now. Uh, at the same time, we have number one, we have, Prop 215, the Compassionate Use Act from 1995 or six, I forget. In that act, it said that patients could possess and grow marijuana for their period. It didn't say how much you could grow. It didn't say where you're going to get the first seed from. It didn't say whether or not you could have a caregiver, patients and a caregiver, okay? So that was very ambiguous, very fucked up, and people didn't know what the hell they could do or couldn't do. And there's plenty of people who went down getting busted by cops and, just, you know, busted everybody and let you prove your defense and you go to court and the DA bullshits the judge about what the law is, the judge sucks it up. It was really a mess, okay? Well, um, Paul Coretz and uh, another senator, Visconcelos, they came up with Senate Bill 420, which was not by accident, okay? They told me they cheated a little bit to get that number, uh, the docket, 420. And that provided for collectives and co-ops. So that patients could provide to patients on a collectively basis, and therefore we still had a problem because it said you could have so six mature or twelve immature plants, but the collective amounts were not clear about how much you could have in a collective. Arguably, we're fighting in court all the time that the quantity they could have was consistent with their needs, and the DA said, "Oh no, that's all they can have is six plants," and we argued that you know that pop two fifteen had no limits on it, and sure enough. In a case called Brewer v. Kelly, it came down about four years ago, said, no, it would not limit the six plants. Patients could have any amount of marijuana that they need for their current medical condition. And that remains. Prop 215 did not get overturned by Prop 64. And that's what they pandered out to the public and to us, people like you and I, that were worried about patients' rights. But on the other hand, it slaughtered Senate Bill 420, which provided for collectors and co-ops replacing it with sales of marijuana by non-patients, to patients and to adults. Well, that sounds sounds good in some directions, but meanwhile, you have to get a license to do that. And as I discussed just a minute ago, getting a license is no easy task. I mean, I'm doing it for people, but you have to have property that costs a fortune, number one, you have to pay lawyers, number two. got to pay fighting fees. On I mean, The city of Los Angeles is $16,000, for example, just to file for requesting an application to file it. And so the, the fees go on and on and on, okay? It's taxing up our ass, all the rest of it. Nevertheless, the point is people should try to get licenses because at least with those, they can act supposedly under the umbrella of the protections of the state from those kind of a those kind of things, those licenses, and we'll explain in a few minutes uh, what POP 64 includes. But beyond that, we have, I'm going on to the whole few of the clause. We have, beyond that, we have POP 64. We had POP 215, Senate Bill 420, and POP 64. They all exist right now. So, just tell me got POP with some 100 plants in her backyard. And they say that they have three members in their collective, for example, each has you know a condition that warrants having that amount. It's defensible under Senate Bill 420. But this year, when the state of California announces that they're releasing uh, uh, their licensing for um, for that kind of for um, for adults use, Prop uh, 64 will die. Uh, Senate Bill 4, Senate Bill 420 will die in one year. So it's sunsetting in 2019. Therefore, there will be no collectors and co-ops, which means patients can't come together to do it themselves. Somebody's got to have a license, got to pay taxes. The to has got to be, got to be um, analyzed for its purity and its, its uh, organic nature, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's going to be a, a fiasco because um, beyond that, which you're going to bring them on we don't want to hear about, is that each county and city has the autonomy to decide whether they want to allow any licensing at all. As they, they, and many of them have banned all of the activity, all cultivation, and dispensaries, and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing they can't ban any longer is residential grows under Prop 64, but they pretty much fucked with all the rest of it, okay? So we're dealing with that problem. Cities and counties, many of which out of the 500 cities and counties or whatever the numbers are, um, have decided to ban everything. Arguably, they're saying they're doing that because they were protecting themselves against the state making the decision for them in 2018. So that's what they've done. Meanwhile, there are many cities and counties that are providing for licensing. The city of Los Angeles is in the midst of doing that. And let me tell you about those laws. They're so confusing, and they change daily. God, Daddy, and Those cities and counties are um, are um, offering licenses, but when they do, their their laws are also very confusing too. About how far they could be from schools and dispensaries, how far it could be from residences, uh, how many, etc., etc. What zones they're going to allow them in. And uh, it goes on and on and on. So we're in a quagmire here with the uh, complicated marijuana laws all over again with the poor lay people like you and me and the rest of the world. I'm not a lay person, but someone like you, who's not a lawyer, don't know what the fuck's going on. Can I use that language on this program or not?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Most of it, there's. we're in cultural area right now. Um, you know, I said it is rated R, but, you know, a lot of this is, Good information for people that are thirteen and twelve years old. Okay, when... good. I'm not.
0: I'll give you a play call. Cool. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank. I didn't know what it was. Okay, so uh, I, I don't know if I helped you with this little dissertation about the law. If it was too complicated, which I certainly respect and understand that it's hard to follow, but I'll try to fill in the blanks as we talk this evening, and we'll continue to talk about these things. So people at least get to straighten their mind to best possible as to where we stand. So they can do two things: they can stay out of trouble, and they can help us fight for new laws that are more just, more fair, and more rational than we have right now, and laws that do not make marijuana users victims of their their, their, their antagonistic attitude towards marijuana and marijuana users. These people in government. That's my that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
1: This uh, um, really appreciate you helping. It's a whole like ball of yarn, a whole bunch of laws all twisted and tied together that yep. I understand. It feels really complicated to explaining it to us, but
0: well, I'm, gonna, I'm with, gonna do my best. No, okay, by the way, as you mentioned before, if you don't want me to interrupt you, let's tell the, the, the people out there that I have my guide, on marijuana laws that I put out for 21 years. This is my 21st annual guide. It explains the laws as simply as possible, all right? Now, in the good old days, back when I called it the Hempster's guide, I was working with Jack, things were much more simple. Now we've got much more complicated. But if they want to know the laws, they go online to my office number, my office website, 420laws.com, 420laws.com, and click on that green booklet, and it'll tell them what the status of things are the best I could at the time that that came out. Now I'm coming out with another guy this week, in preparation for a party we're having here in Los Angeles for Normal, and the, your guests are invited uh, to come to the event here on La Brea at Hitman Cafe at seven o'clock on Wednesday, the 20th of, uh, the 20th of December. We have some music there. It's um, entry by donation. Uh, unless, you know, that's totally up to people what they want to give, if anything. And unless the members of. Uh, Cal Normal or Normal, they get it for free, but they didn't get it for free anyway. And we asked, it's going to be a, a good event, and I want people to know that it can come. So, don't forget to go online, 420laws.com, and you'll look at my guide, and it'll give you all the things we're talking about here and give you time to read it. Also, if you call me office, I'll send you a hard copy at 1 800 420laws.com. 1 800 420laws, and I'm not charging for them at the moment, so. Don't hesitate to call. Okay, now, let's keep talking. What do you want to
1: know? All right, all right. With the uh, the Proposition 64, uh, we were first talking about how many plants we can grow. Um, What happens if I get stopped and I have a a pound or two of marijuana in my backpack? The
0: law, I told you, we still have these current laws in place, which include Senate Bill 420, Prop 215, now we have the Don't Use Marijuana Act, Pop 64. So uh, you can travel as a as a as a patient. Differently, than you can travel as a non-patient. Okay. The law is that patients can travel with any amount that's reasonably necessary for their current medical needs. Now, there's one very well-known case, People vs. Wyman. This guy had like four and a half ounces of weed in his car. They conceded that the prosecution conceded, it and the court conceded it was for medical use. But he testified that he kept in the car because his mother didn't like it in the house, and he stored it there. And the court of appeals said the conviction was affirmed. His conviction was affirmed, meaning that they held up the conviction, saying, "Yes, it's true that if he was traveling in a long distance, for example, with that four and a half ounces, he could go to Northern California, maybe, need to use it." That might be reasonable, but you can't just store marijuana in your car. You only can travel the amount as necessary. So if you have a couple of elbows in your car, you've got a problem. Got it? Now, if also if you're a patient and you're driving down to your dispensary and providing it to your dispensary, that's what many people do or at least say they're doing, and they're trying to make that claim that they are, in fact, providing it as a patient under Senate Bill 420 and a member of a collective who are supposed to be able to provide to their collective members. The only problem with that is is that we have local regulations that demand that, number one, for instance, dispensers are supposed to grow the weed at their location, okay, in the city of Los Angeles. That's for openers. Number two is uh, that uh, growing off-site is not allowed technically because you have to have a permit to do that in your city or county right now under the land use rights. Some land use locations, like Fresno, or other places in the Empire, they have complete bans about growing. So a DA might argue that's unlawful. That's unlawful marijuana because it was grown in a place other than the dispensary. So those are now. Let me tell you these confusing um, scenarios that I'm talking about, and you're scratching your head about what the hell are he you talking about? The judges don't know the laws. The DA's don't know the laws. No one really actually got their, their thumb on them because they're so confusing that even these things I'm talking about, that as Senate Bill 420 still exists, and blah, 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 blah. Basically, the cops aren't even busting anybody right now themselves, because I don't think they have a, a clear understanding of what they can and can't do and what the laws are. So this is kind of a free-for-all right at the moment. Not that I'm saying there aren't some busters going on, but it ain't like it was a year ago, thank goodness. what it was like three or four years ago, when half the court calendars filled with marijuana cases and that's what I experienced in my 40 years plus in practice which was very frustrating very rip off of so many aspects of it ripped off the poor people who were busted their families their, people want to go to school later on they can't get license they can't get loans destroyed the families put people in jail and ripped off the taxpayers because they were using all these resources from law enforcement on counting marijuana plants instead of protecting our butts, and also tying up the courts. So this is one of the reasons we moved, I think, in the direction we are right now, because they finally conceded it wasn't working, finally, after 50 years of argument. That's what I've been doing. And they finally see it was irrational, and it was unfair, and it was unjust, and they're trying to make amends to some degree. But these laws are not clear enough to really make things simple for people again, and they're back going to be back in problems, again in the future, in my opinion, because they're going to enforce these licensing laws in a way to bust people that don't have them, in order ostensibly to protect the people that do so they can bring in the dollars so they can pay the taxes to the government. So this is where we stand at the moment. It ain't pretty, it sounds like it, it seems like, a, like it's a, we're being set up for uh, more problems than we had before. And even though possession for sale. Cultivation, transportation, and sales are reduced to misdemeanors as opposed to felonies. These are still six months in jail, misdemeanors, and $500 fines. And basically, no one got more than six months usually in any marijuana case in the past. So they're still going to face some time. As a matter of fact, some cases up north I've had, like in Tulare County, for for example, they want you know, 60 or 90 days on a, a misdemeanor, you know, 20 pound or 50 pound, you know, weed case which he probably wouldn't have gotten that in the, in the, in the courts in the, as a felony case because those judges didn't want to go to trial on a felony, so they'd kind of push the DA into making no-time deals and all that. But today, we don't know what's going to happen here, especially with these people who are doing misdemeanors. And these misdemeanor judges, in my experience, the ones that may be low on the potent pole or been there so long sucking up to the DA, they do everything the DA wants, and it ain't pretty. So I'm just giving people a heads up about the situation, about the courtrooms and what's happening in the state of California. So I've digressed a lot. I don't know where we started. What do you want to talk about?
1: All right. Um, Something I see that if I'd I'd like to reiterate what you're just talking about with uh, licensing being the biggest bane to California right now, everybody's got their hand in the cookie jar, that if there's a way, like you're saying, to reduce the licensing, that would save the – the legal, that that would say like people wouldn't get arrested as much.
0: Look at as far as I'm concerned, they should sell like broccoli at the at the at the grocery store. I think we've got enough experience with marijuana to know what it is and what it doesn't do. And then what's all these all these rules and regulations and blah 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 going on forever and ever? It's crazy, you know, you know. But I, you know, I guess, but they, I think we're mature enough to be able to handle it in a, in a different way than we are right now. But the, the dollar signs are in everybody's eyes right now because they've they've been um touting how it's a well, four billion dollar business in which the state of is gonna get one billion of it, and blah, 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 blah. So this is what's this is, this is what's pushing it right now. So let's go back to Prop pop sixty wanna talk about um A B two sixty six or pop sixty
1: four. Uh well let's uh do, talk about a little bit of the A B two sixty six and its sister um Senate bills uh, okay, this is the deal uh
0: the assembly passed in two thousand and fifteen took effect in two thousand uh, and sixteen assembly a b two sixty six and a b two sixty six provides for licensing in the state of California for everything from seed to sale a b two sixty six um is uh was providing for for patients only because there was no adult use by uh, other than patients. And it said, basically, I'll tell you what my guide says, okay? Um, MRSA, which is the Medical uh, Medical Cannabis Regulation and Safety Act of 2016, state licensing for commercial for-profit medical marijuana was established in 2016 or AB 266. That's for-profit. That was different than it was before. There was no profit was supposed to be involved with, with patients providing to patients under under Senate Bill 420 with these collectives and co-ops. So uh, MRSA is is what we call AB 266, provided for licensing, and it did so um, about this. This is how it does, okay? Medical Medical Marijuana Regulation Safety Act was effective January 1, 2016, creates a comprehensive state licensing system for the commercial profit-authorized cultivation, manufacture, tail sale, transport, distribution, le- delivery, and testing of marijuana use by qualified patients. There's several agencies that were set up to do this, different departments, the Bureau of Medical Marijuana Regulation. We have now the Department of Agriculture involved, Department of Wish Fish and Game is involved, overseeing the licensing. The type of licenses that went along with um, uh, this um, AB-266 uh, uh, consist of 12. Type 1 is cultivation, specialty outdoor up to 5,000 square feet using exclusive artificial lighting. Now I don't know what that means by outdoor artificial lighting. It probably means uh, greenhouses, I suppose. Type A1. Well, first, with type 1, this is A1, or 1A, cultivation specialty indoor up to 5,000 square feet using exclusively artificial lighting. That's indoor. The other one is outdoor. Then type B is cultivation mixed light up to 5,000 feet using combination of artificial and natural light. Type 2, cultivation of small outdoor gardens from 5,000 to 10,000 square feet. Type 2A, cultivation, small indoor, 5,000 to 10,000 square feet. Cultivation, a small mixed garden, mixed light, 5,000 to 10,000 square feet. Type 3, outdoor, cultivation, 10,000 square feet up to an acre. Type 3A, 10,000 feet to 22,000 square feet. Type 3B, Cultivation mixed life ten thousand to twenty two thousand. Type four cultivation nursery type. Type six is manufacturing for products not using volatile solvents like butane. Type seven is manufacturing two for products using volatile solvents. Type eight licensing is testing. You have you can have a testing license to test it to see if it's purities. Type ten general dispensary. You have dispensary license under the state of California. Dispensary no more than three retail per person. Type 11 distribution and type 12 transporter. Now cultivation size limits: the maximum allowable size is an acre, that's 43,560 square feet outdoors. Type three, or 22,000 square feet. Type three and three B. The, 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 uh, the uh, Drug Enforcement Administration is directed to limit the number of Type 3A, 3B, and 3 licenses. Now, they're trying to—they're trying—they're to, trying to say they want to keep Big Brother, big large corporations out of the state. Well, I've heard some news now about them adding additional licensing that may have bigger square footage or bigger amounts in 2025. So I don't know how much they're going to hold on to that idea. Okay. Now. I, could talk, I, have, I,
1: I have a quick question. What? Uh, I don't see it talks about medical marijuana regulation at the top, but I don't see any kind of licensing having anything to do with medical marijuana, it's, it's like medical four. grade marijuana. It
0: is. It's about. This is only providing medical marijuana. That's all they provided for it, AB two sixty six. Only medical.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, so so, so these. Yeah,
0: repla- yeah, to be placing Senate Bill four twenty.
1: Do these become recreational products?
0: Well, that's what we're going to talk about next. Okay, Pop thank 60, you. That's what Pop 64 did. So the state of California passed Pop 64 this last year, a year ago November 8th, to legalize marijuana to a degree, which I will explain in more detail, but again, it's one ounce, and uh, you could travel with it, possess it, and give it away. And you can uh, grow up to six live plants, and I think it's uh, four grams of hash you can have. And whatever you grow in your house, you can keep. And that's about the whole story. Not very pretty. Doesn't mean much. However, if you're a patient, you still can, because they haven't overturned POP 215, as I told you earlier, POP 215 says you can have any amount of squeezing necessary for your current medical needs. That leaves open all the possibilities of arguing about a person eating 35 plants or something would be arguably kosher. But again, I want to talk talk you about this. Prop 95, I mean, instead of, as, um, instead of the, um, excuse me, Prop uh, uh, 215 did not, doesn't protect patients against arrest or conviction. Only protects them by the degree by giving them a defense in court that once you're busted, you got to defend yourself. you got to prove that you're a patient. you got to prove the quantity was consistent with your needs. you got to prove you weren't selling it. And if you're part of a collective or co-op or something like that, you've got to have records to show why it was, why you're de- how you're dealing in non-profit. you got to prove it. You can't just say it, although you can raise reasonable doubt by saying it, but the courts, they say that if you don't have the records, the jury's supposed to consider that in evaluating whether you're making profit. I know you're probably very confused, but anyway, let's go back to it. So, Senate Bill 420 provided for patients, provided to patients for non-profit. AB266 has basically taken away Senate Bill 420 from us, and it provides now, you have to get a license license to provide to patients. You don't have to be a patient yourself, and you can make profit. Got it? Got it? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Like how so people convenient. can how it can flip over from being nonprofit where they try to keep it as smaller groups to you can actually make a profit, but now they're are st- saying they're destroying the collectives in a year right. when 420 disappears.
0: Right, exactly. You got and it. No one's no. listening.
1: No one's okay. been listening. We've been saying that well, the whole time.
0: Well, I, I I get it, and what it is, it's kind of a trick to people because they put in there that they're not overturning uh Pop Two fifteen, okay, and that was a compassionate use act, but that did or does overturn the collective arrangement, so now we're stuck with having to get licenses and I started this program by saying to get a license you gotta be rich and you gotta be uh you know you got you gotta be rich basically for openers in most situations now there is this thing called equitable licensing that's supposed to be um given to people that have suffered from the drug war. But uh, no one's really come out with clarity about the the equity licensing. The city of Los Angeles is kicking the word around, but I still can't figure out what they're offering exactly on it. I've talked to the uh, president of the the city council. I've met with him, and Kat Parker, who's also uh, the head of the uh, licensing in in Los Angeles. She's one of the directors of it, or managers. She's a very good girl. She used to be a member of Normal in Ohio. She's She's only in her 20s, probably. And uh, she's down for the cause, but she's limited in her capacity to do much. Anyway, I met with her and the, uh, the president about these issues and about the frustration we're having, and they seem to understand that. But um, he's only one of many on the board. And explains to me that there's 50% of them are still naysayers when it comes to this so-called devil weed on, on, these, um, on the, on the uh, city council. So you may have people that say they understand the situation or are down for our position. They're limited by them trying to overcome the the naysayers on the, the rest of the the rest of the team, and that's part of what we're dealing with. So let's go on. With, let's go on with overview of the law, though. You want to do that? So yeah, Bob please. 64, Bob pop sixty four passed, and it also had licensing provisions. They're almost the same as AB two sixty six, but they were better in some ways. For example, AP 266 said that if you have a prior conviction for any controlled substance offense, you're out of the picture. It also says that if you have a sex prior, or if you have uh, strike priors, or frauds in your background, a conviction that would preclude you. Now, Pop 64 said no, no, that doesn't include marijuana offenses which is very important because, you know, so many people that have the experience and understanding and know how to grow have been through this whole rigmarole of being busted. They'd be thrown out of, the, out, of the, out of the water and thrown away with the baby, you know. It'd be terrible. So at least we have that protection of Prop 64 against people that have prior convictions for marijuana offenses. They're not precluded from getting licenses.
1: So anyway, Prop oh, 64... Well, I have a quick question. What if What, what if they got the marijuana con- conviction that they were going to push to be dropped to go with another offense. But there was marijuana involved, but they didn't end up with the marijuana That's conviction.
0: Problem. Let me tell you one of the problems. I'll give you an example. Many times we would make deals on large grows Instead of putting to a straight felony, which was cultivation or possession for sale, we'd make a deal called maintaining a place where marijuana or other drugs are being sold or used or stored. It was called 11366 of the Health and Safety Code, Maintaining a Place. That's a wobbler, meaning that it could be reduced to a misdemeanor either at the time of sentencing or after some time on probation or when you finish probation. You could at least get a misdemeanor out of it and kind of clean up your your act, and and you also could expunge it. Unfortunately, Bob 64 didn't include that as a misdemeanor offense automatically, only possession for sale and sale and cultivation. And even though under Pop 64, you can... Let me tell you another important point, though, for people. If you have been convicted of a felony marijuana case, call me, because I can get that reduced to a misdemeanor now, even though it has to be retro, it's retroactive to whenever you got it. It can be reduced, and I can expunge your record, which will make it nicer to say you haven't been convicted. So that's a good thing to know. As a matter of fact, people, I've gotten people out of prison that were in prison on marijuana cases by making a motion to reduce to, mis- to misdemeanors and their t- time served. So it's been a great opportunity to do something and substantial that's... to get people out of jail. And it's a great opportunity to clean up their records and no longer have to be convicted felons by making a motion to reduce under Prop 64, which we do all the day long. we like if
1: it. people went the other way and they... Had all the other charges drop and just stuck with the marijuana charge because in the future be it would be off. lessened. Okay. Yes.
0: So they're huh. stuck with it right now. People are stuck with committing to, 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 to being convicted of maintaining a place, a felony, and they won't be able to get that reduced until the judge agrees to it. Typically, that can happen after after they do half of probation, which is usually thirty six months, eighteen months, they get. Uh, a reduction to a misdemeanor or at the end of probation, but they still in this, this never never landed between time here. So that's a bit of a problem. And I have a
1: the, I have a quick question. Also as a with your law offices I'm not well okay, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you for clients you've helped out with before, would you yeah. be able to help re represent them with these new laws to yeah, lessen all day long. Would it's there all, is it all day long? Is there ever any reimbursements or or is that just like laughing in the wind?
0: Well, all they do is reduce your 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 thing. They can't first of all they can't give you the time that took out of your life or the struggle or the, all the other shit you went through. They should be doing that. As a matter of fact, Pop sixty four has portions of the of the um the the uh, initiative saying that there's first of all equitable uh, licensing which means They want to see the people that have been hurt the most by the drug war get a leg up. So in the city of Los Angeles, they're talking about if you lived in certain districts that they statistically found that more convictions than other particular zones, and for five years you qualify under the equitable licensing laws, which is supposed to give you an access to licensing the same as if – the other people do that have the money, but they haven't fleshed out what it all means. How are you gonna get a license? How much you got? who's gonna get the property? Where are you gonna get the property from? Who's gonna give you the money for the property, you know? Well,
1: okay, with with the uh, wait real quick, the A B two six six created person in Sacramento, I don't know her name, but she was the the mar not marijuana regulator shucks, I can't remember her name right now. But she had worked in some some other industries and is helping with the so just that job. No, just just that job making these regulations. Um, I, I don't have her information in front of me. <laughs> What's your point, though? What's oh, just just that. That's that's what they're trying to do by that date of the January first. Or they're. I mean, they can only run in place. So, in theory, if the system. Does not create the licensing or the structure that they said they would, then it's the Wild West, and I can go ahead with business and I will be grandfathered in and not need licensing that's not available yet.
0: Hold on. I wish you could, uh, I would like, I'd like to say that what you're talking about makes sense. As a matter of fact, there's so much confusion, you could argue that somehow. But the reality is this they have 2018, not January 1st. It's supposed to be as of January 1st, supposed to do, but there's no requirement that they do, and they're not going to do it January 1st, I don't believe. But hopefully in January sometime, they'll provide licensing by the state of California for adult use, not just medical use. Uh, So that's the big difference. It's used by adults, not just people that are medical. They call it recreational. I think that's kind of an insult myself, but Mm. I think it's spiritual is more appropriate. But nevertheless... Um, that the difference is that it's going to legalize marijuana for adults that are not patients, and they're going to issue licenses in the state of California for that. Meanwhile, the cities and counties could do it right now if they wanted to, but most of them are sticking to the medical marijuana licensing until the state has issued their license because they're chicken. They're afraid that somehow the feds are going to come in, take their property or some other weird thing going to happen, so they're all waiting for this to happen. That, On the other hand, places like the city of Los Angeles have licensing right now but hasn't come out with their, with their applications yet. And the city of West Hollywood is coming out with licensing as well for recreational use, what we call it adult use. So the cities are doing that. Palm Springs, or, uh, et cetera, et cetera, are in the midst of coming out right now so that the cities and counties that have the authority to do that can do it before the state does it, and they're totally kosher in the city or county where they live. They can, they can sell weed to, to adults without, without any kind of medical recommendation or anything like that. But the state of California also, it has to have, you have to have a license with the state ultimately to be in business, So, but not until they come out. We have to, don't have to worry about it. So there is this period of time right now that if you have a city or county license, you're kosher and you're cool, and I think they call them interim licenses you can get from the state until they actually come out with a, the protocol. That protects you. But doesn't mean that you can automatically, it's a Wild West now because they haven't come out with the licensing in the state because each city and county has their own rules. And if you violate their city and county ordinances,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you
0: get busted under the state laws, and the day will argue that you're not kosher no matter what you claim you are because you're not complying with the local regulations that say for example, you can't grow weed outside at all. So this is the message.
1: Regardless of prop sixty four. Saying right. you can have six plants.
0: The only thing you can have is six plants in your residence, period. Six live plants.
1: I mean but, but even in a county where they or a city they say you can't grow outside, you can grow outside your six plants.
0: No. Not at the oh. moment, no. No, the city and college have the autonomy to, um, the right to say that you can't grow outside at the moment.
1: Good to know. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Not good, though. It's fucked up. <laughs> no, but I'll good to bad. know. Like, these, these things, it's like, you know, when uh, Prop 64 got passed, there's some news article, someone smoking a joint in the car, just blowing it in a cop's face. And it's just like, dude, you just don't take it in force. In the man's face They are going to give someone a ticket You know they are going to well, go after another, people That's
0: another thing I've been fighting for To remind me um, And by the way my telephone number is 1-800-420-LAWS My name is Bruce Margolden. Call me anytime with questions Or email me At um, Office at gmail But okay or go online And check me out But in the meantime Um I've been fighting for what's called on-site consumption. The state of California licensing laws provides for on-site consumption, meaning we can go to a place and hang out like Ferron's Buyer's Club in San Francisco and other places, according to the state. But each city and county has to decide for themselves. And right now, if you don't have on-site consumption other than what's allowed, and that's in your residence as a homeowner, You cannot smoke in an apartment building or a condominium if the management says no. You can't smoke on the street, because that's illegal in public. So you're pretty much screwed, okay? Now, now the other thing, maybe you can smoke in your car when you're not moving, but that's a question whether that's in public or not. That hasn't been fleshed out by the Court of Appeals. That's still an open issue as well, whether you can smoke in a place like your car. I think that's public as well. You can't have sex, you know. You can't be naked in your car. They consider that to be, you know, public uh, exposure. So I don't think you can smoke in your car either, even though the car is not running. So the point is, they'd be subject to everybody that doesn't have a home or residence is uh, basically got no place they can talk.
1: Yeah, that's well. That's another initiative: vehicular rights, but uh, for the uh, marijuana rights.
0: Let me tell you about this. Before I get them off the line, let me explain something about the to the public right now. Okay, let's talk about what the law is. It says it's um, it what's legal. Okay, again, law is possession of an ounce or less of marijuana and eight grams of hashish is legal in California by adults over twenty-one. That's right now. That's what it is. That's the law. It's legal to possess, transport, purchase, obtain, or give away to persons over 21 years of age or older, without any compensation whatsoever, and not more than 28.5 grams, which is an ounce, not in the form of concentrated cannabis. However, 8 grams of concentrated cannabis, including those contained in marijuana products, is legal. So that's legal. So people have edibles. That's cool. As long as it's not more than an ounce of weed in there, and I guess eight grams of concentrated cannabis, which you're going to have to prove it. it going to be hard for them to figure that
1: out. If you can uh, eat it, you can beat it.
0: Yeah, that's it. Now, there's exceptions to the law, okay? One is to smoke or ingest marijuana or its products in a public place except under a, a local license. It's an infraction, $100 fine. However, by the time you get down with the fine and all these penalty assessments, that's five hundred bucks. Smoking marijuana or marijuana parks a location where smoking uh, tobacco is prohibited. That's another hundred dollar fine. Smoking marijuana or marijuana parks within a thousand feet of a school, daycare center, youth center, while children are present at such school, daycare center, or youth center, except in or upon the grounds of a private residence. In accordance with section 26222, uh, blah, 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 um, uh, if such smoking is not detectable by others on the grounds of such school, daycare center, or youth center while the children are present. So that's pretty complicated. I guess they're saying you can smoke in your house as long as the kids can't smell it
1: if you're too close mm-hmm. to the school. And these. And all these fines triple up, right?
0: No, they more than triple. They go from 100 to 500 with the penalty assessments. They multiply times five. Now, then to possess an open container or open package of marijuana or marijuana products while driving, operating, or riding in a passenger seat or compartment of a motor vehicle, boat, vessel, or aircraft, or other vehicle used for transportation is a fine of $250. Now, multiply that times...
1: Sorry, sorry. This is a, we we got to do a 20-hour show. But yeah, keep going.
0: <laughs> okay, that's $250 fine. That adds up to twelve fifty fine, okay? So if you have a brooch in your ashtray, you can be facto, you can be charged with a fine of $250, up to $250. Okay, now, possess, smoke, or ingest marijuana or marijuana products either upon the grounds of a school or daycare center or youth center while children are present is a $100 fine. Now, before it used to be ten days in jail to, to have weed on, on campus. Okay, so I guess that's better. To manufacture concentrated cannabis using volatile solvent involves, uh, unless it's done according to licensing, is uh, a big problem. You go to prison on that. You go to prison if you if you. It's three three five. It's a uh, three five or seven years in prison. <clears throat> for making hashish with butane. <coughs> and um and of course it's, it's probationable but if you blow something up, including yourself, you're going to prison as far as they're concerned, okay? Smoke or ingest marijuana or marijuana products while driving, guess what? That's could be twelve hundred and fifty buck fine if you're not if you get busted for that, okay? Up to twelve fifty. Smoke just marijuana while driving in the passenger seat or compartment of a motor vehicle, etc., unless, according to this it was provided by licensing to do it, like a special bus, is a 255 plus penalty assessment. Nothing in this sense shall, shall be interpreted to amend, repeal, or effect, or preempt the laws regarding the Compassionate Use Act of 1996, which we talked about, POP 215. Well, that's great, but that law doesn't say much. It just says you can use it and grow it and say how much or where you get it from. So we're back to kind of square one there, okay? I guess you have to buy that seed from somebody who has a license to sell it. For purposes of section, um, um, a daycare center has the same meaning as the other sections, okay? Um, smoke means to inhale, exhale, burn, carry any lighted or heated device or pipe or any other lighted or heated marijuana or marijuana product intended for inhalation, whether natural or synthetic, in any manner, in any form, smoke includes the use of electronic smoking devices that creates an aerosol or vapor, in any manner, in any form, or to use any oral smoking device for the purpose of circumventing the prohibition of smoking in a place. So you can't use vapes or anything else in public, okay? Got it? That's the law. Now, for this purpose of this section, volta solvent means uh, explosive gases such as butane, propane, caline, blah, 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 blah. And uh, that's our story about the exceptions to the right to have that one ounce.
1: uh, Yeah. Let's uh, let's find a a little close for the... uh... For the show right there? Because I, I, I want to yeah. go in so much depth about talking about concentrates because people are blowing themselves up, but people are going to do it anyhow. Like, does the government have to subsidize something to give people, say, hey, no, use this instead. It's safer. Or like, They, do. they
0: do have licensing for doing that now.
1: I mean, subsidizing because something to give away to people because it's like the cheap man's way or cheap person's way to make concentrate, but the it kaboom, there's another
0: house. That's what I'm saying at the beginning of this show. This is our, these licenses are out of the reach of most people, and they're going to continue to be in trouble and continue to waste law enforcement time, and we're going to continue having people getting busted, which is something I don't want to see anymore after 50 years of defending more marijuana cases than any lawyer in the country, which I appreciate the fact that I've had the opportunity to help people and I've had great successes at keeping people out of trouble, and, and I'm really rewarded and honored by that. I don't want to go back to that, okay? I don't want people coming to my office, that come and they have for 50 years, confused about the laws, and getting busted over things they didn't think they did wrong in the first place, because they were told by somebody, this is how it's supposed to be done, and this was okay. It's just not fair. It ain't just. I don't think, it, um, I don't think it's constitutionally... Uh, sound. I think uh, it denies people the the right of of, uh, freedom because they don't know what the laws are. Remember, the Constitution says you have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, you don't have much liberty and happiness if you have to get a license to do something that God gave you in the first place to use, and that's that sacred herb. So it's crazy. That's what I'm talking about. hope you got it. For what shows over ninety seconds? Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so again, please tell your host. Please, I want to thank you very much, Jason, for um, producing this program. I hope it was some help to some people out there. I know my voice sounds a little rough right now. I've been I've been working all day. I've been up early. I've been I've been going to a lot of events over this uh, last few weeks. Over different organizations that invite me to speak, and et cetera. And so I want to remind your people out there, if they want to talk to me or want to hit me up, 420laws.com. Telephone number 1 800 420laws. Call me and uh, call for me to get, go online to get my guide. And take care of yourselves. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Merry Christmas to everybody. And Happy New Year to all. And, uh, and let's all get together and see if we can clean up the act even better and give us the freedom we deserve and, and desire because it's uh, God's will that people be free.
1: Uh, th- thank you. You've been listening to Bruce Margolin, attorney for 50 years supporting medical marijuana legalization and keeping people out of jail as much as you can. It's on the Alice B. Toklas network coming straight to you to get legalization worldwide for cannabis. Thank you very much for listening. Happy holidays. And we love everybody out there. Big hugs. Bye Okay here You're still here You're still here Okay cool I ended the episode Alright okay. cool you're, you're awesome Bruce Was well, good you. tonight
0: Could
1: you hear me Yeah yeah You're coming through great And what's my nice voice is wasn't, I,
0: My voice wasn't too rough
1: No oh, man I, I, My voice is rough Everybody's is Especially in LA With all the smoke And such So It's yeah, just well, like
0: Something like what? that Some kind of smoke The good smoke
1: yeah Hey we don't have The choir boys voice anymore You know What can we do Look, do. That's okay. I, I
0: don't think
1: I ever had one. I probably still like an old man now. Who knows? So. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was super awesome. Um, I had a. I. I. I personally, in my show, I've had a spike recently of more people listening. Every other day, we have about six hundred and fifty listeners. So I'm not. Really? Yeah, because I think we're. I, I, yeah, because I think we're in some kind of. Like, I don't exactly know how it all works. I might even be making money in some area, but I don't even know. Um, but, but it, like, puts us in these channels. So it's like we get played every other day, and 650 people stick with us. So I'm like, all right, cool. All right, that's cool.
0: 650 people, that ain't, hey, does this go? All over the country,
1: the this, this sound or what? Oh, worldwide, worldwide. And some of the demographics, when I have a computer, we can look closer at it and see what regions people listened and also there's um we have, we have different styles for shows so we we're broadening what people we pull in because you might think like oh you're talking about boring this stuff but some people that they like the hip-hop stuff they like hearing me freestyle they're like jason's fun i like his freestyle but i poetry but i want to learn about the law and so they're like oh, okay cool learn about the law and Someone listening about to your show is like, oh, I'm learning about the law. It, it's not music and everything, all this fun happening. Oh, Jason's show has stuff going on. So it's like we're helping each other show out. And I'm really trying to grow and bring more shows in of, of, of good quality content.
0: Well, good. Well, Keep it up. I'm sure it'll pay off. And uh, you're doing God's will to God's service anyway by enlightening people.
1: So keep yes. that in your heart. My, my, my favorite about. word is creation, because it's not a singularity. I, I think of the word God as a singularity, but like okay, creation created itself. Yeah.
0: Good. I like that term. Let's use a creation.
1: Yeah, because okay, it created itself it. somehow, you know. Are you so, in town this
0: week, or what's going on? Where are you, you now?
1: Actually, I just got a job starting on Monday at Grubhub. I'm making 33 an hour in Laguna yeah. Hills. And really? what What I'm trying you, to do. What do you do there? Oh, I'm going to fix computers for them.
0: Really? you get got that kind of dollars, $3, $3 an hour? That's great. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm a mad good computer scientist, and so I'm scrambling right now because I'm in Reno, Nevada, and yep. now I'm going to go down to Laguna Hills area, and I'm trying to get some money together so I can get myself some temporary apartment right in Laguna Hills, right next to work.
0: Laguna Hills is a but They're going to have licensing coming up there, too, by the way.
1: Nice. You you don't know anyone with with a room over there, do you? <laughs> I I
0: keep my I keep my eyes open. I'm of my call pads and start looking at my telephone. I okay, crying.
1: cool.
0: So, but I think it'd be uh, it's one of the best places you can be in this freaking country, as far as I'm concerned. It's a beautiful place to be able to live.
1: Congratulations. Nice, nice. Thank you. Well, I I, I am running on. Um, uh, and, and actually, I think in. Uh, uh a word if you would like to purchase some of my services on retainer for future services as a i'm i'm trying to raise 600 dollars for uh, rent <laughs> yeah. so so I can, raise, you
0: know.
1: yeah well,
0: yeah I, I got, I, you know, i'm not worried about expenses you know why go on i got plenty of them
1: <laughs> <laughs> they keep raining in I got plenty, of
0: them, I'm not worried about. Them. I got plenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Cool. I want to help you out. You've
1: been a good guy to me. You know. Oh no, I I don't want to end this conversation on asking for that. Let's talk again sometime tomorrow or something. Okay. Uh, you you're you're super super awesome, and thank you so thank you. much for. Because how much does it cost for a lawyer per hour? Well, and I, I charge at least five
0: fifty, and if it's five, and I 5 five hundred dollars an hour to, to talk to people about the licensing, and if there's more than one, I charge seven fifty for the hour.
1: So something to think about to show the value: seven fifty times six hundred people listening every other day. Is how much value of your knowledge you're giving to the universe, and that's karmically going to come back to
0: you. God God bless you. I appreciate you saying that. But meanwhile, I do want to help people stay out of trouble. I don't want to see them fucked over by weed cases anymore. You know.
1: Hallelujah okay. to that. I go. I go. Okay. Talk. Good night. Right, bye bye.